Welcome to the audio podcast of Morning Psalms and Prayers from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. A weekday devotional time in the Psalms. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Psalms and Prayer. Today's Tuesday, August 18th, and we have arrived in another very famous psalm today, Psalm 51. I would say that's probably in the top five of psalms that people know. But before we get to that, we begin with another prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, who is the author of all godliness, be ready, we beseech you, to hear the devout prayers of your church, and grant that those things which we ask faithfully we may obtain effectually. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As I said, we are in Psalm 51 this morning, very well known. The the prayer of confession uh, after, not prior to his committing adultery, that wouldn't be necessary, but the prayer of confession after David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Hear the word of the Lord. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Do good design in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. As I said, this is one of the, I guess you could say, greatest hit psalms. Uh, Considering the topic, I don't know that I like using that terms, but we know it very well, right? Uh, It comes up in personal devotion. You know, maybe we read this as a prayer of confession for ourselves. We know it from songs. As I read through it, you probably maybe had some songs that you sang out of this. Uh, And it definitely is a corporate prayer of confession. Uh, This is paraphrased in church liturgies uh, throughout time. I mean, it's just a very well-known psalm. And I bring that up because, you know, we have other psalms that are maybe more well-known. Psalm 23, we maybe consider that maybe the the top one, but we don't really use that in too many circumstances. But how often does this one come up? Why? Because we sin all the time. We need forgiveness every day. And so this psalm, while maybe not the best-known one, is one of the best-known ones and it's probably one of the most used psalms. And so therefore, it can be probably considered to be one of the 
uh, top psalms, even beyond maybe Psalm 23 or another psalm that we know pretty well, just for that, the simple use of it. As we begin, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Notice here what David is asking for. He's asking for mercy. He knows that he deserves the wrath of God for his sin. But what does he also know? He knows that God is merciful and he has steadfast love. And notice what else he asks for. He doesn't ask for a free pass. He doesn't ask that, you know, God, just turn a blind eye to this. Can you just say it's no big deal this time and we'll move on? That's not what he's asking for. Not at all. He's saying, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly. Cleanse me. He's asking for this to be taken away. Not ignored, but taken away. And that's so significant for us because we understand that sin can't just be brushed aside. Sin has to be taken away. It has to be paid for because it's an affront to a holy God. And we as Christians know where that comes from. That comes from the work of Christ for us. That he died for us and he bore the wrath of God for our sin. So that's an important thing that we have to understand as we look at this psalm. But we also have to understand, verse 4, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Notice who he said he sinned against, God, and him only. But think about it. He sinned against Bathsheba in this whole ordeal. He sinned, definitely sinned against Uriah the Hittite. He actually sinned against his entire uh, army establishment because they cons he helped them or he conspired to make them have him die. And they actually kind of turned a blind eye to it, right? So all these people David has sinned against. But yet, what does he say? He says that he has sinned against God and him only. Why? Because ultimately, God is the one who is damaged, who is hurt when we sin because he is holy and we're not. And even though it has consequences outside of uh, what happens between us and God there, there's definitely consequences, as all of them that I just listed, with this sinful incident with the adultery with Bathsheba, our sin comes down to an affront to God. And that is so important that we understand that. Our sin isn't an oopsie-daisy. It, it is treason against the Most High. It is trying to overthrow him on his throne and say, I make the rules today, not you. That is so important because no matter what happens, we know, we know that God, his judgment is blameless, as David says here. His judgment is blameless. It is going to be right no matter what because he is the one who speaks truth at all times because he is God. And so it's important that we remember that. And we see a couple other verses I want us to look at that goes back to this idea that David understands that his sin isn't just being ignored, but instead it is being paid for. Because he, he wants something new. Verse 10 through 13. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He's having something restored. He's being washed. He's being cleansed. Verse 11. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Don't push me aside, God. Instead, bring me into your presence. I don't deserve your presence but keep me there anyway. And then restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Give him joy again. He obviously is remorseful about his sin. He is acknowledging it. And so he wants joy again. And then finally, verse 13. 
that I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. He's hoping that he has a testimony out of this about how God has saved him by his grace, that he has made him clean, he's made him new, he's created a clean heart within him. And that's ultimately what we do in the gospel, right? We, are, we cannot understand the gospel without understanding our sin. If we talk about God apart from the gospel, it, it's just, it's just uh, self-help. It, it helps me feel better maybe, right? But when we understand the gravity of our sin, that we are, we are in rebellion against the Most High, and yet he has shown us grace, then that's good news. That's good news. And so that's what we need to remember as we think about our sin and about the sin of David and about everything that this psalm is talking about. It is talking about creating something new in us, a salvation that is giving us joy. And so may that joy come out of us each and every day when we remember that God has forgiven our sin and may it cause us to tell others about that good news that all sinners who hear the gospel might return to him. Let us go to prayer. Merciful God, we praise you because in Jesus you have had mercy upon us. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, you have blotted out our transgressions, and you've washed us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleansed us of our sin. We humbly request that the knowledge of this grace shown to us would be in our minds today, and that it would motivate us to love and serve our neighbors. We left up to you again today the teachers and staff at our local schools, as they return to school and it all gets closer, we pray that you would grant them peace as they navigate what school will look like for them this fall. Give them wisdom and patience as they prepare and as they teach. We thank you that you have gifted them with the abilities to educate our children, and we humbly ask that you would bless them all and keep them safe. As we begin this day, we pray that you would open our lips and that our mouths would declare your praise. May the truth of your saving work come out of our mouths, that the good news might travel to the ears of others, that your spirit might bless them with the gift of faith and build them up in that same faith. We pray this all in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, have yourself a very good Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast feed so you don't miss an episode. If you would like more information on our congregation, you can find it at edgertonfrc.org. You can also watch the videos of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.